Hello and welcome to, yes, already another episode of A Grand Reflection. Um, this is a comic trail episode, so we're going to take a specific subject and kind of uh, explode it outwards and, and see if we can look at themes and ideas that are bigger, that are hiding behind the surface, and uh, see if we can connect it to these bigger themes that we've been kind of going over over the last couple, well, unfortunately, the last couple months because of how uh, inconsistent they've been. But uh, this hopefully is the start of a change of that as well, that there would be more of these Comet Trail episodes and uh, more of the big theme episodes more consistently. So uh, stay tuned for that. I'm hoping to make it uh, at least every other week for the episodes. And uh, again, shout out to my buddy Tyler for giving me the microphone because that is saving literally hours of work. And um, yeah, let's get started. So you may have looked at the title and noticed what we're talking about, which is GameStop. Uh, what a crazy thing to have happened in the last couple of days. Uh, if you're watching this in the future, um, I, I hope things went out uh, or turned out fine. Uh, <laughs> it's really unknown at this point. So uh, either way, it seems like this is a weird making of history kind of thing. And uh, I thought it would be fun to unpack and uh, see if we can uh, find some deeper meaning even in something as stupid as uh, an internet meme that is affecting the stock market. So uh, yeah, if you don't know what is going on with GameStop, a quick overview as best as I can give it. And uh, let's put a little disclaimer here, I suppose, which is uh, I only just figured out all this stuff like two days ago because uh, I was curious and I dove into it. So um, I'm by no means an expert. And uh, if you have a better explanation of this stuff, uh, go on that explanation because uh, I am literally just uh, just starting and understanding all of this. So uh, with that said, I'll do my best to give an explanation. Um, and, and hopefully that'll be at least workable enough that we can um, kind of run with it. So, so what happened uh, to Wall Street and Reddit and GameStop and, and what, what is all this? Well, uh, there's a standard sort of thing that happens in Wall Street, which is uh, called short selling. And what short selling is, is it works opposite of usual um, stock investment. Uh, in the sense that um, you're betting on a company to fail instead of betting on a company to succeed. Uh, so how do you do that, right? Because normally you buy a stock and then you wait for it to rise and then your stock is worth more and you have you know, a return on your investment. Uh, what happens with this instead is a hedge fund will borrow stock um, for a fee, right? So they'll have to pay a fee, um, which is why somebody would let them borrow the stock to begin with. And then they will, uh, oh, actually, I only just realized this, but this is hilariously like um, like GameStop exchange. Uh, and I'll probably get to that later, which is interesting. But uh, so what they will do is they will take, uh, they take the stocks that they borrowed and then they will go and sell them. Even though they don't own them, they will sell them and... Uh, what they will do is, uh, because they're betting on it to fail, say the stock started out at 10 bucks, but they believe that it's gonna tank like straight to zero. The company's gonna totally fold and uh, it's just not gonna work out. So what they'll do is they'll sell those stocks at $10, or they'll, um, they'll sell the stocks at 10, so they'll get 10 bucks for the stocks, and then 
later on, as the company keeps tanking, uh, they'll rebuy them up for only, say, like two bucks. And then that means that they make eight bucks and then they give the stocks back to, uh, to the company. And uh, so they don't have the stocks anymore, but they have a nice eight bucks per share. Uh, so that's kind of the idea. It, it's really sucky because <laughs> they're betting on the company failing. And um, the other thing here is is there's not really uh, an output either, right? Like so, so normally the way that a stock works is it's a, a public perception of the trust in a company. And as stocks rise, uh, the the company uh, gets gets more funds, gets more availability to um, to create to do what they're hoping to do. And <clears throat> the thing is with the short sales, if, if you're looking at it where the numbers are going, uh, it is a zero sum game. Like um, somebody is losing, somebody has to lose. So uh, normally with like economic growth stuff, uh, everybody wins, right? Like like if I invest in a stock, my, my stock goes up, a company is making a brand new product, uh, everybody gets to experience this brand new product. Uh, we're stimulating the economy, uh, everything's working out. But with the short sell, the problem is, is that for them to be able to make a buck off of those failing stocks, somebody else has to lose that same buck, right? Um, there are individuals who owned the stock, who, who bought it, maybe not knowing what they're doing, maybe just somebody sitting at home wanting to invest in the stock market. And then uh, not being able to see bigger trends because they don't have all these huge, crazy analytics. They haven't been doing it for decades. Um, they don't have all this uh, power behind them to be able to figure out what's going on. Um, and then they lose their 10 bucks, right? So these short sales, uh, really, at least as far as I can understand them, seem to very much be a uh, rich taking from the poor kind of thing. Um, and, and that idea, I think we'll get back to, I, I, I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too political with it because I, I think that there's a lot of nuance there that we can, um, that we can have wiggle room with for each of us to have our own opinion on. Uh, you know, I don't want to give a, a clear cut, uh, this is right, this is wrong, um, because that's that left brain stuff, right? Uh, but I do want to open it up to, to kind of, uh, the social zeitgeist, what people are thinking about. Uh, when they're talking about all these stocks. And, and that's a big part of it. This, this idea that you have these rich people and only because they're rich, they can get away with taking more money and becoming more rich. Um, so that's a big part of it. Uh, and that's kind of what was going on when uh, Reddit got involved. So there was this guy on Reddit who said, hey, I'm, I'm noticing that GameStop, uh, I think they're, sh they're shorting the stock. They're, they're doing a short sale. And... Um, why don't we mess with them a little bit? And just because the stock is so cheap, it's like $4 right now. We could totally just buy up a little bit and uh, freak them out. Who's with me? Because who cares? Why not? Let's let's just do it. We won't make anything off of it, but at least we'll, we'll make them sweat some. And that's kind of how it started, except there was one guy that was like, no, I'm going all in, man. I'm gonna take out my entire savings, like $50,000, and I'm throwing it in this thing. And uh, just because of the way that the internet works, uh, this got super popular and more and more people started buying the stock. And the weird thing is, is because it becomes a buyer's market for the stock, the stock value goes up because that's, that's just regular supply and demand, right? So um, stock goes up when people want to buy it because there's less people selling it. 
which means that people that are selling it can afford to put a higher price tag um, on the stock. And um, because it was such a buyer's market for this stock of GameStop, uh, GameStop just because <laughs> of these people just deciding to get in on it and have fun with it. Literally, like nobody, nobody was thinking like, oh yeah, I'm going to make a ton of money off of GameStop. I mean, I think some people were, but uh, at least at the start of this, it was just having fun. And then it actually starts gaining in value. And then people go like, holy crap, actually, this could be a good investment because the stock keeps rising because we keep going for it. And so within like a week, it goes from like $4 to like $400. Um, and obviously this is simplifying it. it. It had like ups and downs and all this sort of stuff. But um, essentially, it uh, we created the value of the stock by deciding that we liked it. Um, so that's weird. And, and I think I'll get back to that too, is like how ideas propagate and, and perception of value versus actual value and all that sort of stuff. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get too technical. I'm realizing that these are a lot of like buzzwords and crazy like values and stuff. Um, but I feel, I feel like in the true spirit of, um, left and right brain kind of stuff, uh, th this idea of the master and his emissary is like, we, we got to get in the left brain a little bit so that we can, so that we can, uh, take all of that framework and then throw it back into the right brain. So stick with me. Well, we get to the bigger stuff in a minute, but, um, so we had that where all of a sudden the value is going up, but then it goes even deeper because what people realized, they, they started digging into this stock and they realized that uh, these hedge funds short sold the stock like way, way too high. Like they were betting so high on it failing that they literally sold more stock than what stock exists, um, which is something that if somebody can bring in onto, like, like if somebody could tell me how that works, I, I don't know if I quite understand how that works. Um, I know it has to do with like abstraction of numbers and um, like if they were actual paper stocks that we were sell selling, we, we obviously wouldn't be able to switch hands, but there's there's something different going on there. Um, so so that's a little bit confusing to me. But the point is, is they sold so many of these stocks that they were borrowing. They borrowed so many and sold so many that um, by even just having a few people deciding not to sell their stocks, uh, they can't um, they can't buy up up enough to uh, so so it's like they have a due date and the due date is approaching the due date is like tomorrow like it's it's the beginning of next week and uh, they have to give the stocks back no matter what happens no matter where the stocks are at because they never owned them they only borrowed them so <laughs> the problem is is now the stock has gone up you know a couple thousand percent and. Uh, they still have to give it back. So they have to buy it at whatever cost it's at. But to compound that issue, uh, so many people bought the stock uh, that they borrowed that there is um, there only needs to be uh, maybe half of the people that bought the stock to decide um, we're going to hold on to it, actually. We're, we're deciding that we... Uh, like this company, we we decided that uh, we like this stock, and I don't want to just make a cheap buck by selling it right now. Uh, I want to keep it invested. Um, by doing that, uh, all of a sudden the demand has gone up really high because these hedge fund managers need to get their the stock back because literally, like it, it's like illegal. Like they sold something that wasn't theirs, kind of. I mean, I, 
it, it's weird shady ground because it's like it's not illegal to do these short sales, um, but it is illegal to not give them back uh, once they're due back, right? Like they legally borrowed them. It's like um, it's like if you go to a video store and you rent a movie, and then the due date comes, and then uh, you change your credit card so that they don't have it on file and they can't charge you the full price of the movie anymore. Um, and you just like, you, you basically stole the movie, right? Uh, at that point, even though at the beginning it was totally fine, you just borrowed it and you paid to borrow it and it was good. So, so it's the same kind of thing. They have to give it back now. Otherwise they're in like tremendous legal trouble. And the problem is, is because everybody's holding on to it. Uh, it takes like one person will sell a stock um, and then they'll have to, they'll have to buy what they can at that price. But then because they buy it, the price goes up. Uh, so all the stock, the, the stock value has gone up because it becomes more of a buyer's market. And then, uh, and then they have to jack up the price again because people still don't want to sell it. So as long as people are like holding on to it, the price keeps going up because the demand keeps going up for the sell, but nobody is selling. And by this happening, it kind of breaks the whole system. So what they're kind of betting on, and they've been doing this for like the last couple of days, is doing everything they can to drive the prices down to get people to panic so that they'll sell. And <laughs> nobody is doing that. Uh, the weird thing about this whole thing is uh, people are not really, people who own the stock, which is like Redditors and, and you know, there, there's obviously some high level investors as well but they know what they're doing as well. They know like where this thing is going, so they're not selling either. But um, because a big majority of the people that hold the stock actually don't care about selling the stock, they don't care about making a profit. They more care about kind of screwing over the rich billionaire. Um, all of the normal tactics to, to get someone to sell are, are not working. So, you know, there's like, there's all this talk about like, well, you know, it can't last, um, you know, there's the, the government's going to have to get involved to, uh, to like kind of stop the sales or, um, uh, you know, or it's going to tank, you know, cause once a, a certain threshold of people buy out of it, it, it's going to just drop a bunch, um, all, all sorts of things like this, uh, you're, if you're an individual and you don't care if the stock goes literally to zero, then none of that's going to matter because you're just holding it to screw over somebody else. Um, so that that's kind of a weird thing. And uh, we'll probably get to <laughs> the difficulties with thinking in those terms. Uh, obviously, that's not uh, loving and connecting like uh, the last episode was talking about. So um, that's kind of, yeah, that's the overview of what's going on and, uh, that's where it's at. And, um, that's what's happening in the news in case you're curious. But, uh, now that we kind of have an overview of what's happened, I really, I want to talk about a lot of the underlying factors that are happening here. Okay. So I think the first thing that we should probably go over is money and like, what is money and, uh, where does it come from? How do we use it? Uh, all that sort of stuff, because I mean, we're talking about the stock market. So if we do that, we, we got to have kind of a, a working knowledge of, uh, yeah, what money is. And, and it turns out, actually, there's a lot to be said here about uh, community and connection and love and, and uh, truth and 
and all these things that we've been talking about, um, yeah, it, it's been really cool to dive deeper into this and realize how much more there is to money um, than just what's on the surface. You know, like on the surface, it's okay, it's a number and it's how you get things. Okay. But when you look at the history of money, how it started uh, was within relationship. So originally, we didn't have any sort of um, shorthand for trade. When you traded something, it was always direct. It was, uh, I have this thing, and you have that thing, and I want that thing, and you want this thing, so let's help each other out. And money came into the mix because you can't always trade one-to-one, right? Like maybe uh, this person has extra wheat, and uh, I need wheat, but but I don't have anything that they need right now. And so money gets in the mix because then I can give them money as sort of a token and they, uh, and then they can use that token later uh, to maybe get something from me when they realize a need that they have. But the way that this works and the reason this works is it, it has to do with uh, honor and with uh, relationship. So really the money itself actually had no value whatsoever. It would be something like, it would be something pretty or something, you know, like shells. You would, so, so you'd take like these shells or these beads or whatever, and you would say here, thank you so much for giving me this thing out of the kindness of your heart. Uh, here's a gift for you. So it's, it's like bestowing honor. And then what happens is, is because that has been entered into, next time when somebody says, when, when that same person says to you, hey, uh, I need this, and then they take those shells or whatever, and they give it back to you, or they give new ones to you. It doesn't even have to be the same one. The idea is like, hey, I'm bestowing honor upon you. I'm returning that honor that you bestowed on me. And I am saying, uh, hey, you are worthy. Uh, I want to continue this relationship that we're in. I want to continue this back and forth, this exchange of goods. Uh, I trust you at your word. I'm choosing to trust you. Um, so let's enter into a trade relationship. And that's how they that's how it would work. And then that slowly um, becomes systematized, right? Because you go like, okay, well, I have this shell uh, that's this big, and you have one that's half the size. But when you gave me half the size one, you got just as many goods for me. Well, that's not cool. So can we maybe have an agreement that the that it's, you know, one millimeter shell is always one millimeter shell. And if you want to pay me two shells for twice the amount of goods, then we can go that route, you know? And so, so, so that's how it kind of evolves, but it still sits behind the model of, uh, I am bestowing honor upon you. I am proving that I'm good at my word and you're proving that you you're good at your word that we are safe to trust each other to continue to provide for each other's needs. Um, so that's the start of money. Uh, obviously, there are some overlaps to how we use money these days, but there's a lot that's been lost there. The relationship has definitely uh, gone on the wayside and it's become abstracted. So it's it's turned into that left brain functioning, that buffered self-functioning that, uh, that says, um, I am an island and I have my own little world, and there's an outside world out there, and there's my inside world of me, and I need to put up barriers to protect myself from that outside world. But the problem with that and how that relates to love is um, you're cutting off relationship. 
Um, and the whole reason the thing worked to begin with was because it was tied to relationship. It was tied to how you were affecting others. So when you buffer yourself, um, money, uh, by its very nature, has to become this abstract thing. And almost in a way, uh, rather than a means to an end, the end itself, right? It's a way to create buffers. It's a, it's a way, like if you can hold on to all these things, and, and that's the weird part, right? Is like the early notions of what money was, they, you know, you couldn't get away with that. You would hoard a bunch of money and you would never give, right? If you just hoarded it all, like, or, or a bunch of the shells, right? People would be like, hey, wait a minute. This guy, we keep giving him stuff and he's not giving us stuff. He keeps taking it for himself. And at that point, you'd basically be cut off from community. You'd be cut off from the connection and you'd be on your own. And then nobody's giving you shells. Nobody's giving you extra stuff. Uh, the tribe disowns you and then you're out on your own vulnerable in the wild and in the modern age that doesn't happen because we don't really have a small tribe anymore and we have all of these modern amenities that uh, allow us to become more buffered from nature from the perils of of a life as a lone wolf you you can get away with it now um and on top of that we get really weird things where uh like the short sale where originally the money was a in exchange by its very nature becomes something where essentially we are getting people to say uh we're essentially getting people to be honored for nothing and you can see this too right like uh billionaires multimillionaires uh they're adored they're loved right there there is still some vestige there of like we recognize that money is a shorthand for worth. We've just, we've abstracted it to a point where it's objectified into like, um, oh, that means a big mansion. That means a uh, a huge house that um, that they go to in the summer just because they can, or or the they're living the good life because they're traveling around and they're uh, they got their private jets and stuff like that. But originally, what it meant to have a lot of money was meant that you were you were like the chieftain you were like the you know like you were the head honcho you were the one that was providing for everybody in such a crazy good way like you were the one that was making connections and the one that was finding where everybody's strengths are and and knowing how to enter into those relationships to make the society work as a whole so there was a tremendous respect there um and and so we've never really lost that um you know obviously everybody has individual ideas of like uh, whether or not it's okay for somebody to be a multi-billionaire and, and things like that. And, and I think that's a little bit different of a discussion. It's, it's more about this abstraction that happens and the disconnection that happens. But even with that disconnection, and, and this is where the stock market comes in, even with that disconnection, there are agreed upon values. There is a, sort of a collective consciousness happening in the stock market, which is to say that we are all agreeing on what we find valuable and then we're buying into it. And by doing so, we're actually making it valuable, right? Like when we bet on companies to succeed and enough of us bet on a company to succeed, that company does succeed. And then um, we are co-creators in reality. And so even though there's a step removed, there's still vestiges of this old um, 
tribal aspect here where there's a agreed upon consensus and then a product that is produced because of that consensus that everybody can enjoy. Um, obviously, there's a certain degree where this doesn't work anymore. There's definitely certain products out there that we never see ourselves personally. They're, they're a bit removed. But at least as, as far as society as a whole, that's kind of the idea of the stock market. Um, so it's interesting because when we think of it just in terms of like the numbers and the money and it's too abstracted, we tend to forget that at its core, it is about community and connection. It is about uh, what we decide we want our society to be. And so when you're really looking at these things, it, there's not so, so much of a difference between um, between economics and politics and between uh, wealth and community and, and, and all these things that we, we kind of tend to create sections of and, and block off into their own little things. They're all definitely interrelated. And so interestingly, th this is where Reddit comes in, right? So Reddit is a huge online community. And a lot of people, especially this year with the pandemic, who have been searching for a sense of reconnection, a sense of belonging, a sense of uh, being a part of something bigger than themselves, uh, have been going to this platform. And weirdly, by and large, receiving that. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it, it can sound weird because, you know, it's like memes and it's like, it's just a bunch of stupid stuff. But in another sense, there is sort of this radical acceptance. There is this sort of like freedom to be you. And, and again, for the most part, there are uh, definitely bends in directions uh, in Reddit that uh, if, if you go down, uh, you're not going to find as big of a community. But even so, uh, there's been very few things that they've shut down, and, and they have, but mostly that revolves around like uh, hate or, or harm to other people. Um, and uh, more, what drives it is uh, consensus. So it's like, it's memes at its finest, because like that's, that's what a meme is. So uh, um, what's his name? Richard Dawkins uh, coined coined the word meme or recoined it, I suppose. It was kind of an old word and he kind of brought it back into focus. But uh, when he was talking about it was the evolution of ideas, right? Because he's he's huge on evolution. Um, and he kind of expanded the, the idea of evolution beyond just an organism and into the idea sphere. So, so that's what memes originally were. And I think I mentioned that at some point somewhere. He's probably rolling in his grave. <laughs> like, uh, because he would hate the fact that it, it, it's come to mean like sharing about cats eating cheeseburgers and crap. But that's the idea. It's, it's idea space. And so uh, if you're looking at the market, if you're looking at Wall Street, uh, it's a meme sphere. It's, it's this uh, centralized location where... Uh, collective ideas are bubbling to the surface and a consensus is being reached and then it's being amplified. Um, <laughs> but then by that definition, that's also Reddit, right? It's a, uh, it's a centralized database where uh, ideas are collected and then amplified. And, you know, you might go like, okay, yeah, sure, but you're making like a broad sweeping generalization. Like, like what about when you get down to the nitty gritty? And the interesting thing is like, it even still holds out when you do that because uh, 
this perception of value goes down into the the fine-grained level, right? You could almost look at uh, an individual post on Reddit being a a sort of stock option, right? It, it uh, like a sort of company, and then you have all these people <clears throat> that can either upvote it or downvote it. They can say, "I like it," "I don't like it," and uh, the ones that are most liked bubble to the surface based on individual bids that say whether they like it or not. And you can even have something like a volatile meme on Reddit, right? Where, where it's, uh, the, the, you, I mean, geez, you can sort by controversial. That, that's volatility right there. And so, you know, it's not a direct one-to-one parallel, but there are a lot of things that are going on in Reddit that are very, very similar to Wall Street. And so when you look at it from that angle, you're, you're like, okay, I guess it makes a little bit more sense that these are overlapping. They're not so different after all. And so the challenging thing with this whole situation is, you know, you hear these arguments for, oh, they're interfering with the free market and all that sort of stuff. But the reality of it is, is like that is the free market by definition. It is uh, agreed upon ideas and people deciding what has value and then essentially upvoting it and it actually having value and entering into the public sphere. So so here we are. That That's one of the challenges here is like, there's not really much that you can do legally without completely changing the idea of what Wall Street even is. Uh, when people from Reddit decide to collectively uh, create value. So I, I guess that begs the question, like what is being agreed upon here? And on the surface, it looks like a bunch of people gaming the market in order to make a quick buck. And I think that there are people that are doing that, but by and large, um, I don't think that's what's going on. I think that there's um, some deeper things at play here. It's actually more of a resistance movement than anything. Some people are kind of labeling it as a, uh, a new uh, 1% movement, right? There was, uh, sorry, not 1%. I'm flipped. 99% movement, right? Remember a few years ago, there was the strikes with Wall Street and uh, yeah, it was the 99% and then it just kind of died out and nothing really happened. Well, um, I think that that's also because there was a bit of abstraction there, right? It was just trying to get an idea going, and it's really an idea that has already been on the surface for a while, which is uh, collectively, we kind of have this realization that, oh, uh, maybe it's not great that we have such an income gap. Maybe it's not great that there are people who can barely make a living and barely hold on to a house, and then there's other people who are making more than they could ever spend in a lifetime. And the interesting thing is where these tipping points are. And this is kind of fun to look at. And it's happened through history a couple times. It's like, why would the 99% uh, movement not work? And why would this work as resistance? And, and again, this is just like a getting started thing. Like, I, who knows where this is going to go? It might just die out tomorrow and not really much comes of it. You know, it might be that just this one hedge fund, we we totally kind of dissolved and then nothing else happens. But it does have a lot more potential. And, and the reason I think that is, is because there is a unification and an agreement uh, that we haven't seen before. And, and I think this is the secret to a, a good and successful movement uh, is it touches upon something real and something felt that people can agree with across party lines, across ideologies, and it gets us into 
a mode of unity and community rather than individualism. Uh, so one of the big times that this happened before in our nation's history, well, there's actually kind of two of them, uh, and they played out differently, but one of them would be uh, during World War II. Uh, we saw the atrocities that were happening in Europe, and we decided we, for a while, we had a, a kind of view of like, eh, maybe we shouldn't get involved. We'll just let them do their thing. You know, we came into the game late, but after a certain threshold, there was this realization that like, we can't do that anymore. And so we all came together and we decided that this is important to us. And we pushed forward as a unified effort uh, rather than being divided. Uh, another time, if you look back a little bit further, another time when this happened was, uh, and this one maybe is a little bit closer to home uh, just because of the dynamics, uh, was during the Dust Bowl, you have uh, all these people moving to California because all of their, uh, uh, all of their farmland in the Midwest uh, isn't working anymore and so they do this mass migration and they try to make a living in california which is supposed to be like this land of prosperity but they basically because they're in so dire straits they get taken advantage of and uh they are paid like less than a living wage and they can barely survive and and you know people are dying left and right they're living in unsanitary conditions in tents and you know uh not enough food to pay their kids kind of stuff no matter what they do uh and it for a while it was this thing of like, don't cause trouble, just stick to the ground, keep working. As long as you work hard, it's going to pay off. And then uh, eventually this reaches a critical threshold where uh, everybody just kind of gets tired of it. And it's kind of spontaneous where all of a sudden, you know, like a couple people speak out and maybe people spoke out before and nothing came of it, except, you know, maybe they got in trouble for it. But then everybody uh, kind of all of a sudden goes, hey, wait, yeah. And then before you know it, it just explodes and becomes this thing. Um, and the result of that uh, during the Great Depression was the emergence of labor unions, which at the time had a ton of opposition because it was called uh, anti-American. It was communist, right? Like there were these things that um, uh, these ideas that were emerging that were counter to it. And these ideas that clashed with what it means to be an American even. And um, eventually, it, it just didn't matter that there were these, uh, these counter ideas because the real world on the ground result of the current situation uh, was no longer sustainable. And so unfortunately, you can't really predict when these things happen. Um, you know, like there, there are some indicators, you know, like again, uh, the Wall Street movement before probably didn't kick off because there wasn't a sense of unity. There wasn't a sense of uh, this is how we're going to go about this. Uh, everybody's in agreement. We're all going to go at the same time. We're all going to make this happen. Um, but at the same time, just because there is a clear cut plan or oh, a strategy doesn't mean it's going to be successful. So, so this is kind of a rare moment that we're going through because it is unified and it kind of happened spontaneously. There's not really any real leader here. There's a few people who uh, bought the stocks early and are kind of big on it. And there's people that are giving advice and there's there's all this other stuff. You know, you could say Wall Street Bets is is part of the beginning of that, right? Like that that's the subreddit in case you're not familiar with Reddit. That's the forum that is talking about all this stuff. But um, it's very decentralized and um, it's very unified even though there's not like a clear leader saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. 
and so in that sense, it's just this continuation of these collective ideas. And so as weird as it is, Reddit is so primed for that because it's already in that mode of the best ideas coming forth and coming to the surface and the best strategies and, and all that sort of stuff. And so now it's a force to be reckoned with because you have these individuals, uh, maybe not quite individuals, but these small hedge funds, these hedge fund managers trying to figure out what to do. And for the most part, it's single decisions, uh, but they're up against this sort of collective consciousness that is spontaneously deciding the best things and no one person is in charge and only, only kind of the best ideas get to the surface. And that's a hard thing to challenge. So I talked about, um, I don't remember which one, but I know I mentioned it before, is this idea of the emergence of the third, which is when you have two opposing parties and they decide to come together, and then you get something that is sort of spontaneously both uh, a synchronization of seemingly opposing ideas and something wholly new. And uh, that's kind of what's happening here. And it's the weirdest thing that it's Reddit, but it's also really exciting to see because th this is what I was talking about, which is this, this new thing coming forth uh, that doesn't fit on either side of the spectrums or the models that we were using before. And the only reason that this is working is because we have uh, somehow bridged those gaps and there is a sense of unity. There's a sense of community. So the, in, the, the thing that we'll have to watch as, as this moves on is, is what sort of attempts are there going to be to disband that unity? Um, and I want to be clear, when I talk about this, when I talk about interference, I'm not talking about individuals. I don't think that we should go after, like, we shouldn't find, like, who the main person making these decisions in the hedge funds are. are. Like, they're working within a system. <clears throat> and I don't think it's wrong for them to... Uh, play that game, right? Like we all decided that this was the game and they're just playing it. But the, the real thing that's at stake is, hold on, is the game really fair? Should we be playing this game? Maybe we should be playing a new game. Maybe we should find a game where we can all have fun with it, where we can all uh, take part. Uh, and that's the real question. So, so I think um, there are going to be some interesting things that probably go on with this uh, in the next couple of weeks, which is to say there's going to be some huge, huge attempts to disband, right? Like if somebody's playing the game and they're winning at the game, they're not going to want to stop playing the game. Uh, and so there's going to be some backlash. And I think some of that might get pretty nasty. It might, um, on one hand, label this as some crazy far-right extreme movement, and on the other hand, might even might label it as some crazy far left extreme movement. And it could be both at the same time. They're going to try to uh, hit everything that they got with it and see what sticks and then run with it, which is also like, so there's kind of a meta idea battle going on here, right? Like there's going to be these new ideas emerging that are trying to counter this new idea that's emerging. And... It remains to be seen like what's going to happen to that. You know, we might succumb again to these uh, this partisanship. We might decide that uh, we're not going to listen to them. And that might make more of these sort of weird Reddit battles against the elite happen. Or we might decide that, hey, this was a weird start to a movement, but this is actually bringing some really good stuff to the surface. Let's do this thing instead. You know, there's, there's a lot of uh, weird alchemy going on right now, and there's a lot of uncertainty and chaos. 
but again, that chaos, that's where, um, that is what precedes creation. So that unknown, to just kind of bring it back to like the, the love and the enchantment and the buffered and the unbuffered self, that sort of unknown is uh, where we can get into a right brain focus rather than a left brain. Rather than like being stuck up on the numbers and being stuck up on who's right, who's wrong, we can go, there's a lot of weirdness going on right now. And there's a lot of unknown. But that means there's a lot of opportunity to explore and to attempt to understand and to be perceptive and be open to new ideas and be open to uh, possibilities. Uh, so that's pretty cool. But especially in this case, we also get this really cool relation to to love, right? With, because it's a community effort. There's no one centralized person figuring this out. And there are people from all different ends of the spectrum uh, that have different opinions on this. Some people are way, way against it, and some people are way, way for it. But it doesn't follow any sort of party lines, any sort of models that we already have. And so with that, there's a lot of room to bridge gaps. There's a lot of room to talk about people whose ideas are different than you. There's a lot of room to uh, attempt to understand and um, to find that emergence of a third. And so that's the weird thing here is weirdly, weirdly, Reddit might be the start of us getting rid of our divisions <laughs> and uh, learning how to do all this stuff together. Uh, coming back to that sense of uh, community and connection that we've slowly lost through the abstraction of all this, uh, these ideas. Um, I'm going to have to do a part two on this, I think. It, it, I'm realizing that it's a lot deeper than I thought. Uh, there's a ton of things that I haven't gone over, which is to say uh, how capitalism works and how it hijacks our desire, um, to say uh, the crazy shady things that um, these hedge funds have been doing to manipulate the stocks. I didn't even talk about like what's going on there. Um, or Robinhood. I, you know, I didn't even mention the name of that. That's a stock app that uh, is billed towards the masses and then blocked buying of this stock. Uh, so there, there's some interesting things going on there. Some really cool archetypal things that I could go over. Um, I don't think I talked about um, this this idea of trickster energy, which is uh, it's an archetype again. That um, actually Robinhood is a trickster archetype. So there we go, right there. Oh my gosh, um, this archetype that. Uh, isn't really good or evil, but just uh, it's kind of the underdog and gets things done uh, that normally, you know, that, that, that don't fit the norms and is kind of an essential part to most mythologies of the world. You know, whether it's Coyote for the Native Americans, Loki for the Norse, Anansi uh, for, uh, I think, uh, South Africa. Well, it's African either way. And, and, you know, like all over the world has these tricksters. Um, so they seem to be an essential part, and that seems to be uh, uh, Reddit at the moment. So, so that's another thing. Um, the uh, the whole uh, go, going deeper into the game theory and like uh, viewing it as a game rather than taking it too seriously. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot more that I can talk about on this. So I, I'm guessing I'm I'm just going to stop it here, and we'll do a two-parter uh, if that's okay with you guys. Um, I'm going to gather my thoughts and I'll be back maybe a day, maybe two days. You know, actually, I think this would be the greatest thing, right? Uh, I'll leave this for now. We'll leave all those extra ideas. And uh, let me do another episode, say, Tuesday uh, as sort of a follow-up uh, after we get a little bit more 
Uh, right now it's the weekend, and so stuff has kind of died down. Um, but uh, there should be a little bit more going on, and we can kind of see uh, and respond to that. So thanks for listening, and thank you for joining me for another new episode. And again, as always, if you have any ideas, shoot them to me, and we can talk about them. Uh, especially, I would love to talk to anybody. Just get talking on anything and everything. And uh, we can do that remotely. And you don't have to have any set direction. It's not going to be like one big podcast where, you know, I'm interviewing you. It means that I'll kind of cut and paste all these little pieces of good conversations as they apply uh, to certain subjects. And so you may show up in the podcast for only three minutes, but that might happen 10 times. Who knows? So. Uh, if you're interested in that, please contact me. And uh, thank you for the people that have already contacted me. I promise you uh, soon that will happen. Um, and have a good one, guys. Uh, have a good week that's coming up. And as always, uh, may we explore truth as we connect to one another. Thanks, guys.